this week on the Steam Machine Podcast. Hey guys, you know that game, Uncharted, that was like based on Tomb Raider? So like what if we took Uncharted and then we made it a Tomb Raider game based on Uncharted instead? Cue the music! Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. Actually, this New Year's first episode. My name is Dalton and joining me as always, Happy 2023. I'm bros. Happy 2023. This is Nate. This is Bully. How are you doing? Boys, it's been a while since we have sat down at our proverbial round table and had a discussion. How you doing? How you doing? Let's start with Nate. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, man. Like, it's been a kind of a whirlwind since the last episode because, like, we recorded like bef- way well before the episode came out last, like for the Steamy Awards episode. Um, part of that was due to the fact that I was having surgery on December 27th on my ear. So just so everybody knows, that went well, and so I'm recovered from that at this point. Can only out hear out of one ear at this point, but you know. Sometimes that's how it goes. At least I can hear something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can record this podcast with my dudes, so that's good. But other than that, you know, I've just been starting in on this year playing some more video games. I'm sure Willie will want to talk about uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land of it. But like, I started on uh, Chrono Trigger in earnest, finally. So Hell I've been yeah. making a lot of progress on that, and it's a really good game. Like, you know, out of all the Super Nintendo RPGs I've played, Shots Fired, I think this is my number two at the moment considering where I am in it. Number two after... After Final Fantasy IV. Oh, I was, I was going to say yeah. after one of the Dragon Quests, but then I remember they came out on NES and Super Nintendo, so... Yeah, Final Fantasy V and six were the uh, SNES exclusives, and neither yeah, of them came Dragon out Dragon Quest, yeah, unfortunate. But I would like to play those now. I haven't got... Yeah, you're good. Dragon I haven't Quest, had the chance to play those yet, but we'll get to those at some point. Uh, uh, we can... I got you. I got fan translations all day. Bro, they came out on the DS. I'm good. Oh, fair, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, Chrono Trigger's been really good. Like, I always heard, you know, this is the best RPG from its time. Like, I do agree that it's better than some other SNES RPGs that people really love, like Mario RPG and Final Fantasy Final VI. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Damn, just took a... Two shots. In They're six all square seconds. games. Who am I offending? One <laughs> <laughs> just happens well, to sure, be better than the sure. others. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think that it's. I do really think it may be the best of the. Fi- I, I honestly like. I have told people before. I think Chrono Trigger is the best <laughs> Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I mean, dude, I think it's got the one of the most interesting uh, battle mechanics on the Super Nintendo. You know, until you start diving mm-hmm. into things like Tales of Fantasia and Star Ocean, which changed it up a little more. Yeah. But still, like that, you know, you see the enemy on the screen, boom, you're right there, you're into it. Like, that that was ahead of its time, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Plus, the Toriyama art style never hurts anything. Oh, hell yeah, dude. He's so great at monster design. It's, like, I mean, so like, crazy. Ha- like, I'm not going to say half the reason, but a good chunk of the reason why Dragon Quest is so good is because of Toriyama. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> Yeah. For sure. I mean, that you just can't beat that art style. Well, for what close. it is, for an art for a JRPG, I don't think you can beat that art style personally. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll say it's a it's a near and dear close second to my heart. We know you like Persona. <laughs> I do really like the Persona art style in all of the Persona games. Like I just really like that art style, but that's Atlas and Sega. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. other world. And I plan on starting Persona 5, because that is our New Year's resolution for the Steam Machine podcast, is to play Persona yeah. 5. I will be starting that once I beat Chrono Trigger. Nice. Yeah. I haven't started on it yet either, but uh, I'm going to be getting the first steps into it pretty soon, I feel like. What surprised me was on Yab's pod that it was uh, revealed to me that Jeremy has started playing it on Xbox Game Pass. And I was nice. like, what? 
See, the thing, though, is I feel like Jeremy's just going to play it just to say bad things about it and actually have his opinions just to piss you off on episodes of Yab Spot. And I am absolutely sure, because I asked him, I was like, what do you think so far? He's like, oh, it's kind of boring. And I was like, how far are you in it? And he told me. And I'm like, okay, well, you're still in, like, the tutorial month. Like, the first month of the game is, like, the tutorial area. And then when you get out of that, it, the game slowly starts to open up more until you're just, you can do whatever you want for the most part. But I was like, you motherfucker, don't even. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm just waiting for that ex- explosion of emotions on an upcoming episode of Yab's Bud. That, that'll be the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> All the things that he's pissed me off about. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the one that just drives me over the edge. Uh, what yeah, I've got to say that Kirby in the Forgotten Lands has been just a fantastic game. Like, holy shit, I've played the hell out of this game for a while, and I'm only at, like, 60, 70-ish percent completion at this point. And, oh my god, I I seriously continue, I want to continue getting into it and getting back into, um, not only the main, like, there's stuff in the main area, and there's new levels too, like, it's it's crazy how much stuff is still there in the post game and yet you still feel like there's stuff in the original game you still need to finish too like there's just a ton of stuff it's yeah it, it's just a really good yeah, game like, it won the video game award for best family game and now that i've been playing it i can definitely see why because like willie and me kind of decided to start playing this together at the same time we're about as far as each other in the game and everything and like it's kind of really cool mechanics like i like how the fact that you can upgrade kirby's copy abilities in this game yeah that's really cool like that you get like this fire ability and then later on it becomes volcano fire and then that means you can like spit a lot more fire and then you get dragon fire when it's like a movement ability on top of it so every time you would pick up a fire ability in the levels you get the new ability you would have like that's just it's yeah. really neat. It's a really well-designed, fun video game. Like, the level design is great in it. And there's, like, a lot of just, like, really well-hidden stuff in there. Where it's just, like, you had to poke around the edges of the level and figure out, where have I missed something? Um, would you recommend it as a, a game for somebody who hasn't played a Kirby game in a very long time? Other than that one that one little Absolutely. free one that's on Switch when it first came out, when Switch first came out. I liked that. It was cute. Yeah, no, it was a free this play game. is a very yeah, I, fully fleshed out video game that I feel like yeah. it almost, it's hard for me to say this, but it might be my favorite Kirby game at this point. Like, because like Kirby's Adventure like on the NES is like an absolute masterpiece. And I contend that if Kirby's Adventure came out on the SNES, it would have been a masterpiece on the SNES. It's that good of a game. And I feel like mm-hmm. this game holds down that legacy extremely well. Now, is this the one that has the, the mouth car thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That shit's yes. hilarious. It's, I love it. It's so funny, dude. Like, <laughs> what, like the moment like they started announcing that this game was coming out, because I remember I was like, "Ah, it's cool, a new Kirby game." The moment they showed mouth car mode is when I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a good video game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I was right. It's a very good video car. game. <laughs> mouth car mode. <laughs> that is tremendous. Ah. Uh. Uh, what else you been up to, Will? Or is that what you wanted to touch on? Anything else? Yeah, that's basically it, yeah. Um, well, for me, starter for starters, this weekend's my birthday. Yay! Hey, I'll Happy be 31. Birthday. Um, and fr- Friday, Megan... Happy 69th thank you for my birthday. Well, we're all 23 in <laughs> another, another world. <laughs> um, but Megan's got... Uh, a season pass and a free ticket to Bush Gardens, so we're gonna go do that Friday. Sweet. And then Saturday, and I'm gonna glance at her. I don't know what we're doing. But <laughs> she's got something planned. There's a reservation involved, and I have literally zero clue. Because I, I honestly assumed whatever was happening Saturday that was gonna it was gonna be Bush Gardens, and I was wrong. So. <laughs> we'll see. I will report next episode on what happened. Exciting news, yeah, because Megan is in the background of Dalton's frame watching cartoons as we speak. Yeah. She's back there watching Rick and Morty, I think. <laughs> yeah. I am at her uh, her new apartment, actually. I drove two hours and 44 minutes today to get to after work. Yeah. Um, but other than that, man, 
I have, uh, over the past month, <laughs> I have played a lot of Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, been getting down in the promotion, in the uh, Fire Promoter mode. How many wrestlers have you killed, Dalton? Oh, different. <laughs> That's yeah. not Fire Pro Wrestling, that's Empire. fucking uh, the uh, that's right. game. Wrestling yeah. Empire. A lot, though, in Wrestling Empire. <laughs> Some, somebody pisses me off or they cut a promo on me, then they think, I think they're shooting on me a little bit. I meet them in the, uh, the the subway area, and I throw them on the tracks. I let the subway take care of them. <laughs> I do a German suplex them into the fucking tracks, and then they get hit by a train, and it either kills them or severely injures them. I will tell you this, though. Uh, when you download wrestlers from Fire Pro Wrestling, like the uh, Steam Workshop, It'll like a lot of them have their legitimate birthdays and stuff like that. So I worked and worked and worked for months, and this is such a well. I worked and worked for months to try to get Bruiser Brody to sign with me, and in in the most nice. Bruiser Brody move ever, he finally agrees. I give him a big fat bonus. He wrestles one match for me and retires. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't even be mad because that is exactly something that Bruiser Brody would have done. <laughs> you got played, son. I got played. Oh man! And then like Blade is my biggest attraction, and he's making like twenty nine thousand a month or whatever. And he's like, "Hey, I need more money." I'm like, "Dog, you have like four titles. Why? Why you keep asking for so much money? Is it because you have four titles? I could change that." <laughs> like, jeez. But yeah, I'm in, I've been enjoying it. Um, I've also been playing. Uh, is it called Starlight Valley? Dreamlight Valley. Dreamlight Valley. Uh, Disney's Dreamlight Valley. It's like a, a little like life sim type game, but with Disney characters. And if you are a fan of Disney at all, I highly recommend it. It is such like a heartwarming good time. Go fishing with Goofy and shit. Like, it's <laughs> fun. I dig it a lot. Um, and then I played some older Tomb Raiders. I loaded them up, went around uh, Croft Manor, fucking around. Because one thing that I was upset that was missing from this game, which I think they brought back in the next one, is Croft Manor. Nice. Um did you guys see? I could see why you wouldn't be able to get to a manor in this, considering yeah. you're in the island yeah. all the time. Did you? Uh, did you guys see the thing that Adam posted? That Power Wash Simulator is giving is getting a Tomb Raider crossover where you have to go and wash off the Croft Manor. I was like, <laughs> I might sure. buy Power Power Wash Simulator so I can play that DLC. Like I have such a spot in my heart for that house. Yeah. <laughs> Or, excuse me, is a fucking understatement to call that a house. Yeah, that fucking manor. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, work, 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 work. Um, I got my schedule for next. So I requested Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, correct? Yeah. For my birthday. Um, mm. What I got was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And then I work Tuesday, 5 to 10. And then I'm off Wednesday. That's my whole schedule this week. It's good to take a breather like that, man. I'm glad you got that. She, she, she well, see, I'm trying to look at it that way because <laughs> she told she pulled me in the office today and was asking me like, "Has everything been all right with you? You haven't been yourself lately." And I'm like, and I was just like, oh, no. stress. Like that's just easy answer is the truth. I've just been stressed, and uh, so we sat there. We talked for a few minutes. Uh, found out that one of my shift leads, Brandy. She's leaving, so I don't care if I name her. Uh, threw me under the bus about something, so I was like, oh, by the way, did she tell you that when I called her to let her know that my truck could, was fucked up and was going to take me a, another day to get home so I ca- couldn't make it? Um, did she tell you that she cussed me out for it? Because she did. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let me, let, me, let, me, let me, you can come join me under these tires, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then I also was told that I have resting dick face, basically. <laughs> And that I needed to not have a scowl on my face all the time. <laughs> oh goodness! So yeah, it was a great meeting, especially when I was when I was going in there. I was thinking like, so yesterday and today, she put up a, a post like a little page that just said, um, "I am hiring in store for a shift lead position. If you would like this position, please apply. Have these requirements." Yada yada yada. I had just been told like, "Hey, you're going to get that position." Like you've been, you know, working hard. And then so that was before me being stressed and being over my fucking job. Um, so apparently now it's people were um, applying for it. Now, the way the page was worded. Let me pull this up real quick. I'll run through it real quick. I promise. And then we can get to the game because I know Willie and I are both tired. But um, <laughs> sleepy boys. It's fun. He's sleepy boys. 
Hold on, I sent the picture to... Oh, I thought I sent it to Megan. Did I send it to Jeremy? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm finding it. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> I will be doing interviews for the SFL position for qualified applicants on January 17th and January 18th. Please fill out an application at the Jobs tab in StoreNet. If you need help, please see Trisha or Jessica for guidance. Internal qualifications. Now, let me pause here. We just hired a new guy. Okay, his name's Chris. He's actually a really cool dude. Used to be a assistant manager at Lowe's for a couple years. All right? Keep that in mind. Okay. Internal qualifications. Three months prior work experience with Walgreens with no written disciplinary action within the last 12 months or one year of prior leadership, supervisory, or retail key holder work experience. Now, that sounds like that is worded for new, new dude to get that position. So I didn't even apply for it. I was like, you know what, dude? If you didn't think that I earned this by busting my ass for y'all, then... I don't want that extra stress that that job would give a dollar fifty for double the stress. Yeah, that's how they get you, you know? man. It's like a tiny pay bump for a shitload of increased responsibilities. Like you got to let weigh that out, and like now that responsibility doesn't fall on your shoulders. So might have made the better choice there, man. I think so because I, I kind of yeah. want to like use this job, and I mean, because like it's right down the street from the house, and it pays well, but. I think I want to start like trying to look into a you know some kind of cert so I can work with computers and and I mean get serious about it this time because I I I am so over customer service, <laughs> bro. There's so a reason cool. I'm a data analyst, my guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. But yeah. Um, my, one last thing. Uh, if you feel so inclined, and you absolutely don't have to, please do not feel inclined. But if you would like to donate to the It's Dalton's Birthday This Weekend Fund, uh. <laughs> My cash app is dollar sign DJ Suter three five two, and my PayPal is savagegaka at gmail.com. Yeah, I put that on Facebook, and one of my friends randomly sent me twenty five bucks, and I was like, "Holy cow! I haven't talked to you in forever." So thank you very much. That's awesome. Neat. <laughs> it was just random. All right, so boys, we played a game. Yes. And what a game it was! We played Tomb Raider. But not the Tomb Raider that you may be thinking. It is Tomb Raider from 2013. This was the reboot. And I do believe that uh, we could dive into a little bit of O-dubs. What do you think? Let's go for it. Yeah. So, Tomb Raider is a 2013 action-adventure video game developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by Square Enix's European subsidiary. It is the 10th main game. In the Tomb Raider franchise and a reboot of the series, acting as the first installment in the Survivor trilogy that reconstructs the origins of Lara Croft. Tomb Raider was released on March 5th, 2013 for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. Gameplay focus is on survival with exploration... That is fucking questionable. With exploration (laughs) when traversing the island and visiting various optional tombs. Optional tombs. It is the first game in the main series to have multiplayer. The first game in the series to be published by Square Enix after the latter's acquisition of Eidos Interactive in 2009. Now, boys, I have some opinions. So I would like to hear y'all's first opening thoughts. When you first loaded up the game, you started playing it. What were you expecting versus what you got? Yeah, personally, I went into it with not a whole lot of expectations because, like, Tomb Raider wasn't a series that I'd actually ever really played a whole lot of growing up. Just one that never kind of jumped out to me as one I needed to play. So I went in with really, like, minimal expectations. I thought it'd be action-adventure for sure, but nothing beyond that. Uh, When I got in and played that first little section, I was like, holy shit. This is a weird thing to think, but this is the best horror game we've played for the Steam Machine podcast. (laughs) Like, that whole intro section, I swear, was out of a horror game. And it was, like, better than any horror game we've played for the show. So I was like, I went in super impressed with that. But I was like, is this Tomb Raider? Am I playing the right video game? Yeah, and I I will say real quick, uh, Willie, before I ask you what you thought... um, Tomb Raider has always done a good job of atmosphere, and there have absolutely been times, and even the older series, where just like 
the anxiety of what could happen to you at any moment would scare you. Like uh, there's a there's a moment in Tomb Raider two that my dad tells a story about it. If I was at home, I'd bring him in to tell the story. But like he uh, he was playing Tomb Raider two middle of the night. It was the weekend. He's sitting in front of the TV in the living room when we lived in Jacksonville. I'm a little kid in bed. He's got his headphones on. He's in this area where he knows there's some tigers that are going to jump out at him. And he said the music's building up and he hasn't gotten to the tigers yet. And he's just anticipating it and it's anticipating it. And my mom taps him on the shoulder and he jumped five feet off the fucking ground. <laughs> 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 Threw his headphones off, freaked out. So they, I, I can definitely see that. But yeah, the beginning of this game, and we'll touch on that more in a second. But so Willie, your first impressions versus like expectations versus impression. Did I have a very similar idea where it's like I, I got into it really early on and I'm like, wait, this is getting really cinematic. It's getting like, I don't know, like I thought I remembered the Tomb Raider games being like more, a little bit more freeform than this. Like I thought they were like more like you do backflips and you shoot at shit. And I was like more along the lines of like, oh shit, I'm just like walking forward very slowly. Like... I don't know, like, it, it seemed like the game lingered on Laura getting injured a lot. Like, it's like, oh, here's a spike going through your spine. Or not your spine, but, like, through, like, the right side of your body. It's like, oh, now you're hurt, you're hurt. Everything's so sad. You're fucking injured. And it's like, I don't know, I, I felt like the game almost delighted a little too much early on in being like, hey, we're hurting <laughs> this girl. Yeah, and honestly... This game was supposed to be like the gritty. So in in the in the era that this came out, everything was getting a gritty reboot. You know what I mean? The PlayStation Three, Xbox One Sixty area, everything had that muddied look. Everything was dark and gritty. Yeah, because it, it was like The Walking Dead and things like that were coming out. And so, um, it very much though is not realistic for Lara to fall from the height that she did, have a piece of rusty rebar go through her side in the back and through the front yeah. she then pulls it out and not only does not bleed out or die from that wound but then ends up in some fucking river of blood <laughs> piss and shit or something and that doesn't cause any kind of infection who i i was <sighs> and they wanted to get like really like Oh well, this is this is difficult. This is hard. This is scary. This is hardcore and realistic. And it's like y'all know that like you would be dying of septic shock by now if you went through this, yeah. right? And and something that I think I heard Nate say in the in the chat was that this game seems to take itself really seriously for being a Tomb Raider game. Mm. And I was glad that he said yeah. that because I was like, dude, yes, because the very first Tomb Raider game, you're in a tomb, you're running around, and all of a sudden a fucking T-Rex comes out of nowhere, and then you're in a gunfight with a T-Rex. See, that's you know, what I want from Laura Croft. <laughs> there's just shit like that in the Tomb Raider, the earlier Tomb Raider games. And I get that this is supposed to be like her origin story, and it what the fuck ever but my here's okay i'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there on the table because everybody can obviously assume that i don't like this game and that's not true i did like this but not as a tomb raider game if you heard the intro i think that this game was too much influenced by something that itself influenced because uncharted is unabashedly like a love letter to the older tomb raider games in that style with they just took it and made it their own which is why Uncharted was successful, and it's why Tomb Raider was successful. There's a reason that this reboot wasn't as successful as it could have been, and it's because instead of making another Tomb Raider game, they were like, hey, what if we took Tomb Raider and just made it like Uncharted, where everything is like one long eight-hour action movie. Like, there's no... And the fact that the tombs are optional, the game is called Tomb Raider. Not only are the tombs optional... Yeah. The tombs are very, very short. It's like you solve one puzzle and the tomb is over. Like, I think I did like four or five tombs while I played. Because, you know, they were all optional. And none of them took me more than like ten minutes to get through. I was just like, this is yeah. the tomb? Why? I was expecting more like a Link Zelda <laughs> dungeon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I was hoping for, too. And... I'll tell you, the first one that I came to that gave me some trouble, because I did have one of them that gave me some trouble, 
was the one where you go into it was like that big tall tower with all the wind going mm-hmm. by and you had to raise that platform or you had to shut the shutters raise that platform and then wait at the perfect time run jump on the platform as it swung up so then you could jump and attach yourself to the wall on the other side yeah the timing of that took me a while but once i did that i was like holy shit what else is this thing gonna throw at me do i need to come back later and i got to where like a shimmied around dropped down and it was over yeah really yeah because like really it it wasn't hard it was just awkward timing puzzle because like that one in particular is one i was think of a lot too because like it wasn't like a difficulty thing it was like a just guess the game's timing of what it wants you to do here yeah yeah, and you had a, a, and this game does have bat vision. I mean, um, survivor vision, um, where you can, and it, you have to be standing still, which is what it is. But I guess it helps for hunting boar and things like that when you need to cook meat. Did any, did either of you like f- find it necessary to do any hunting? No, I think it. No, I don't think really. it was necessary at all. I think it was just another way to farm experience points. Um, honestly, I think they kind of posed it early on in the game. It was like, this is something you're going to have to do throughout the game is kill a deer and skin it and eat it. But you could probably not do that one time after doing it for the story purpose of that first one and nothing would happen. Yeah. Like after that, there were like a few times that I'm like, oh, look, a boar. And I would shoot it with my bow or something. And that was it. Like, but I never felt the need to go like seek out something to kill and eat. No, I don't think there was any need in the game for it. So, so let's try to t- talk about some some positives of the game. The game looks good. Yeah, I turned it up PC. to ultra high on mine, and I thought it looked pretty damn good for a game that came out in 2013, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, honestly, the gunplay and the the battle, me- like the fighting mechanics, is good for what it is. Does get repetitive, in my opinion, but the the aiming and stuff at least was like she aimed where I wanted her to. I Which felt, I will say some of the older Tomb Raiders was not always what happened. <laughs> I feel like this game had a very similar battle system to Control, and I thought Dalton, don't hate me. I, I was going to say it was slightly, but bad. It was, I was bad. Say it was slightly control. better than Control in the battles. <laughs> I don't know. I really had a very bad time, like pointing my weapons at things in this game. I didn't enjoy it the only time it bothered me like like, i've tried to play more of a stealth game because like you know you could sneak up on the enemies before they even knew you were there so like i actually kind of enjoyed sneaking up and yeah but then they just like they run up on you and then they just stand there and look at you for a minute and you're like oh i guess i'm supposed to point my gun at them and shoot them or whatever it's just it they felt like they really badly replied to your actual actions in the game yeah, and did did you guys feel that like they would get the action going right? Like you would have a good a, a good battle, and then it would feel like it would like jump to a cutscene where you had to do a quick time event or something, and it was just like I felt like it would break that that stride that you had going too. Like I do think that the quick time events were very badly placed in this game as well, but like I don't think that's exactly part of the combat. I think that like. Those were both separate failures. Eh, well, fair enough. Um, oh, since we were trying to talk about positives here, <laughs> another one I thought was a thing of positive. I thought this game handled 3D platforming very well. Like, there's some games that sell themselves yes. as 3D platformers that play a hell of a lot worse than Tomb Raider. Yeah, and I think... Oh, go ahead. I agree I was going to say, like, I once you picked up the axe for the first time, and it, like, you were actually be, uh, the uh, the climbing mm-hmm. axe, not the prying axe, but the climbing axe. Like, I really did think that that opened things up in a really fun way that, like, felt really good. And I think that the game did a great job of uh, the movement, like, just Laura getting from place A to place B. Like, that felt good, and when you did run to a quick time event in that, it felt pretty good in that regard. It's just, like, the combat was so fucking rough on me. Yeah. And, like I said, I didn't mind the combat, but to me it just got repetitive after a while. I agree. I I didn't hate it completely, but I did start to, like, later, when I got later into the game and I was in a big combat section with a ton of enemies, I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because some of those enemies are absolute bullet punches unless you're popping them in the head. And even then, they have those masks or whatever, so it takes a couple shots to the head. Yeah, that was them. really stupid and annoying. Like, you can shoot through a mask. <laughs> a mask is not going to stop a bullet. Uh, yeah. The ones that kind of yeah. annoyed me were like the guys that had like shields like especially at the very end of the game we didn't meet these guys had shields and the big old sword that you had that the only way that i really found to beat them was later on in the game will you get like counters and you're able to like dodge enemy attacks and counter the attacks and that was the only way i was really finding to consistently beat guys like that that sounds really annoying and not very fun to do (laughs) yeah there was that one boss guy who was like a big version of one of those dudes and my trick to him was I would wait till he was swinging his big ass sword at me and I would roll yep. out of the way and then just pop him in the head and just it, that fight took forever. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah, see, that's um, the thing. It's like, I think that was like really the only boss fight in the game. If you really think about it, I was like very towards the end and it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, but I, I will say, in from my memory at least, Tomb Raider games, not strong with their boss fights ever but yeah fair it wasn't really what it was about you know but this one it was like they made that big deal about what was going on in the story which the story quick quick recap like plane crashes everybody's fucked it's like lost but different and then uh you have to go around trying to save everybody um you get to witness laura's first kill and i will say that they do throw in the moment that i thought was really cool where you get to see laura pick up her dad's pistol and that's her second pistol and that's where she gets Mm. her dual pistols you do not you get to use that one time at the end of the game. Yep. And it's in a scripted moment. And you just get to pull the triggers and she fucking lays bullets in. But it's like, that's it. And I'm like, what? I The whole game, I'm waiting for these dual pistols. Yeah. And the whole plot <laughs> of the game is essentially like you crash down on this island and you find out there's a lot of people already there and that are trying to get off as well. But they're being held on there by some mysterious force. Um you know, playing through the game, you find out that there's like the sun goddess is protecting the island, and there's trying to do a ritual to appease the sun goddess to get off the island and bring her back, is what the whole people are there are doing, and you're trying to stop them because they basically kidnapped Laura's best friend and are going to use her as the sacrifice to the goddess, the vessel, the vessel. Yeah, and the main villain, yeah, I forgot his name already. He wasn't extremely Matthias. Thank you. Matthias? Yes, not extremely. Oh, is he the main villain? Because he's the guy you meet one second into the game, and he's obviously the main yeah, villain yeah. the moment you meet him. Yeah. Cool. Okay, this game <laughs> just sucks. Um, and then, so, I'm trying to remember how far you got. And then the one character that you think is probably going to end up betraying you, that's the character that betrays Absolutely you. Absolutely betrays you. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, and then, you could see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and because we're not going to go into plot details, because that was pretty much a plot summary of the game. You're trying yeah. to stop this ritual from happening and save your friend and find a way off the island. Um, I think there's a total of four survivors <laughs> from your original crew, including Laura. So, like, the main cool professor guy that was her dad's friend ended up dying and all that kind of stuff. Just, like, anything they can do to try to trigger any kind of emotional response from you is what they go for. It, it, like you said, this is an eight-hour-long, poorly scripted <laughs> action movie, essentially. Like, I think this could have done better as a television series on AMC running alongside The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And um, also, like, I, I don't know where they got this idea to make all of the death scenes for Laura. Oh, Laura, excuse me fucking brutal did you see something like when you're in the river and that fucking jagged piece of wood goes through her chin and out the top of her head like yeah like I, oh my god yeah i felt like someone was getting a little bit too yeah. into those kills it, it, my opinion in the game in general is i felt like they were just trying too hard in a lot of ways story regards um the thing that make could have made this game a lot better in my opinion is just having an ounce of levity anywhere in the game. It is a game that took itself way too seriously the entire time. Like, this was Tomb Raider. It's meant to be kind of silly. They, like like Dalton said earlier, this was the area of gritty reboots, and that is exactly what they went for. I'm glad, because I feel like we're moving out of that 
kind of era now where I don't think people are into that anymore. Thank God, because it got real old real fast. Just everything's dark and mysterious. Have it here. Time for a gritty Looney Tunes reboot. You knew it was yeah. coming if it lasted long <laughs> enough. So it is Looney Tunes. So yeah, I'm glad that that era kind of died down and. And it's a bummer that this did come out in that era because I think five years after this, it would have been a better scripted game. I just, being someone who, like I said, I have, and again, nostalgia goggles fully on for the original Tomb Raider games. I admit that. But they were just so unique in their own sense of like what they were doing, their style. No other games were really like that that I can remember that I played back then. And, and then to play this game, and this just made me think of Uncharted, not Tomb Raider. That bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, it felt like there were three different fucking stories that wanted to get themselves out in this game. Like, the idea of Laura Croft learning to survive on her own was one thing. The idea of this, like, weird, like, cult fucking story, which is, this was the worst part of the game by far. Like, seriously, the, the cult of like the the basic Himiko cult or whatever it, it sucked it wasn't fun it wasn't interesting it was nothing that part sucked and then like fucking I don't know just like then you give us Laura Croft as a hero and that's fun like when she's scaling up the like ladders and shit and when she's like moving along in the game it's fun that shit's yeah. fucking cool so, you're right like I agree because like, I think they concentrated on all the wrong parts of the game they gave us a lot of fun parts with the platforming and Laura upgrading her items. Mm. Like, it was really cool when you went, I don't know if you got this far or not, Willie, but there was a part in the game where you would get a rope you could attach to your bow and you could shoot this um, rope into like the other side of the a cliff. And then you could climb across the cliff using the rope that you had shot with the arrow. So there were like, a, a yeah. lot of cool mechanics like that, like that in the game that, were the highlight of the game for me. Just like anything to do with platforming, anything to do with adventuring and exploring, great. Two things. One, a critique. One, uh, a thing I wish that they would have done. First one, did you? Did it pull you out of the, the realism any when little Laura could fire an arrow with a rope attached to it into like a building that had some rope t- tied to the side of it <laughs> and then she could just yank on that rope and it would just pull down the whole fucking building. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of silly. Like, the way the buildings <laughs> fell apart in this game, I get it that they're ruins, but they've been standing for at least 100 years and people have been living on this island the whole time. Like, why is everything yeah. just falling apart the second Laura gets there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lord help her if she needs to cross a bridge. I don't think I crossed one bridge <laughs> without something fucking falling apart. Like, it was ridiculous yeah. but then i i would like to like with this same style of uh gameplay maneuverability i would have loved a more open world-esque style game but not like locked on this little island with this story going on it's like dude give me like your lore croft you are now near machu picchu and there's all of these places for you to explore and go find you have this little open world go in there and be Lara croft like that that would give me boners. I, Two of them. I think, yeah. and this is my opinion on it, that the approach for like a Tomb Raider game that I think would be good would be a lot more like Breath of the Wild, where with yeah. with the caveat that there are less, you know, the, the little tombs, but like just a few, well, maybe a bunch of big tombs that Laura could explore and find the stuff in, because I just think that she has the maneuverability and moveset to do anything that Link could have done in Breath of the Wild and it would be a really interesting way to use her mechanics in a way that didn't feel like forced shitty combat yeah like give me a tomb that takes me two hours not five minutes yeah yeah the, the fact that I can load up Skyrim and go have a more akin relation to the original Tomb Raider games than I can this Tomb Raider game just very made me just makes me very sad yeah very sad then when you actually did progress into a new area and you were like actually fighting through the fucking, you know, the bad guys, it's just, it felt so bad. It did not feel like you were making a fun progress at all. It was just, 
like I didn't mind so much when I was playing stealthily, like when I was sneaking up on people and taking them down with the the quick time Mm. action to to take somebody down. Or there was one section of the game I specifically remember where you were kind of like walking through a swampy area and there were a lot of guards with lights out looking for you. No one ever saw me. I just came up behind them where I'd shoot them with an arrow from like 50 yards away. Like that was really cool and fun for me. But like you said, any time where it was like actually just head-on combat with anybody, it kind of sucked. And here's another thing I thought was weird about the battle mechanics. We keep coming back to it because there's so much weird about it, honestly. Was the fact that you don't really like have a health bar or anything like that in this game. You can take a few hits is essentially what can happen. But if you can find a place to hide, Laura just recovers. Like you can like shoot for a little bit hide behind something and if nothing hits you for a while you go back basically to full health if you just hide for a few seconds so like i I thought that was kind of scuffed so that is straight out of uncharted ah that's how it works in uncharted as well and here's the canonical explanation of that in uncharted as you the more you get hit quote unquote with bullets the screen starts to go almost black and white right and then when it finally goes full black and white nathan drake dies what that symbolizes is all those bullets are barely grazing him and missing him. And then when you finally, when it, when you die, that was your luck running out and you finally got hit with a bullet that killed you. And that's, okay, yeah, that makes a that's lot the of explanation sense. Yeah. for it. Um, but there is no explanation like that for Lara Croft. <laughs> no, no, she can take rusty rebarb straight through her. No problem. Wade through some piss and shit. No, fine. No infection. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like, I don't really know how much more I have to say about the game itself because, like, yeah. I think we've kind of covered it. Like, I yeah. I think I probably liked this more than Willie. I'll say that much. Uh, I might have liked it more than Dalton. We'll see when we get to the score ratings. But, yeah. I, I'll give it credit for being fun to play, but it just didn't hold me. It didn't stick with me. But I did enjoy climbing around and jumping yeah. and, you know, climbing ropes and all of that. The problem for me, though, is like if I were not playing this game for the show, I don't know that I would have made it far enough to get to all, some of that more fun platforming that I was describing. Because I probably would have like played like three or four hours of like, yeah, I think I'm about done with this one and moved on to the next thing. But because we had some time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to go ahead and power through and beat this one. Eh, I don't regret it, but I could have played more Chrono Trigger. <laughs> yeah i feel that man well then um you boys want to jump into ratings yeah i'm down skis yeah buffalo. all right well then let's start with who's probably gonna give it the lowest score willie what are you gonna give this game like i mean there's a lot of fun stuff in this game like i did enjoy traversing the island to some extent i really enjoyed like there's a lot of little fun things, like the animations. Like, I liked that when you did a, a zip line, Laura would, like, put the bow down to, like, slide down. Like, that was, that was cool. Like, there's a lot of immersion to this game. Like, I just thought that the moment it became combative in any way, it fucking failed. And I'm just going to give this a six and a half. Okay. All right. Nate, what about you, bud? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with all that, like, and I think, like I said, what the saving grace for this game for me was like the fun platforming mechanics and all of that. Um, I thought Willow was going to go quite a bit lower than that, TBH. <laughs> I'm actually giving it a 7. I thought it was decent, but I don't think it's one that I'll ever pick up again. And I'm probably not going to pick up the sequels for that reason until we get it for the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean... We, I mean, we all have the sequels, obviously on Epic. We got, we all. Thank you, Epic, for giving those to Hell us for yeah. free. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, from all things that I've read, um, Rise of a Tomb Raider, the second game, is the best in that trilogy. Basically, I've read that the first game played like a long tutorial. The second game is really, really, really good. The third game is a tedious nightmare. That's what <laughs> wow. I've heard. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we never get to uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, but who knows? Okay. Um, my so again i'm i'm judging this two ways and i'm going to average it okay judging this is a strictly just an action game go in try to blast some shit have fun i'd probably give it like an eight right because it's solid as a tomb raider game i would probably give this like a four oh 
<laughs> Maybe a five. So I'll be generous, and I'm going to agree with Willie that this gets a 6.5. I did give it the highest mm-hmm. score at a seven. Though that That's one of our worst ratings we've given in a long time, fellas. And that pains me because it's really yeah. it's really not a bad game. It's just not what it needed to be. No, it just doesn't yeah. do what it needs to do. <laughs> like, there's a lot of good game in there's this game. There's also a lot of crappy just... game in this game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Well, then, um, I believe it's for the fan question, Don? Yeah, let's jump right into those questions. All right. So, first one coming up from Kana, who just missed the last cutoff for the... Um, episode we did for the Steamy Awards. What are your thoughts on the Steam Deck? I think it's super cool. Uh, I would like to get one eventually to test its potential for emulation and things like that. But uh, as of right now, it's a bit just out of my price range. Yeah. I like the idea of the Steam Deck a lot. But my thing with it is I have a Nintendo Switch, right? And that's the handheld system I have, and it works great for that purpose. But what I found is, even though I have the Switch as a handheld, I still play docked 90% of the time I play Switch. So I'm like, mm. I already have a PC. <laughs> like, uh, if I got the Steam Deck, I don't know that I would use it very often. I think it's really cool and it's great for anybody that wants it. I just think I'm more of a sit down in front of a monitor or a TV and play my video games kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, I think that's also where I'm at too. I just... Like, I don't see where it would be a value add for me because I don't really play, like, handheld. I, 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 it's just not yeah, something I really sure. do. Yeah, uh, I think it's good for people who travel or maybe uh, people who, like, yeah. enjoy PC gaming, but maybe they don't necessarily like sitting at their PC all day, so they go, like, lounge on the couch and play that. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I'd like to get it for emulation purposes, but as far as using it to play Steam game... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our next question comes in from the villain himself, Jezza. Who would you ship Laura Croft with from the video game world? I have an answer and I will accept no questions for my answer. Crash Bandicoot. What do you guys think? <laughs> um Dude, let's go uh Mr. and Mrs. Smith with this shit. Agent 47 from Hitman. <laughs> nice. What about you, Will? Who would you put Laura Croft in a relationship with? The Sandman? Mr. Sandman. (laughs) Bring me some sand. Make it so sandy. The sandy is sand. I'm I'm not going to lie. Truncate Silence is going to take this out, but I was absolutely expecting, immediately expecting like Duke Nukem or Doom Guy. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Uh, my uh, oh, that's what happened there. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so the question was, who would you ship Laura Croft with from the video game world? Uh, okay. I said Crash Bandicoot. And I said, I said, okay, nice free PlayStation Forty Seven, Mister Agent Forty Seven, Hitman. Okay, um, hmm. Well, clearly it would have to be Pierce Brosnan. Dude, that's a good answer. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm down with that. I, I am proud of none of us said Nathan Drake. I, I would have been upset if any of us did, honestly. Yeah. It's like, that's the obvious it's, answer. It's too obvious. All right. So for this question, this also comes in from Adam. I kind of wanted to approach this in a way that we each help build this team. So who would you put in an all-female Avengers-like team with Lara Croft? Oh, are you jumping around? Okay. Okay. So I have an initial answer who I would like to see like in an Avengers-like team with Laura. Because I think Samus from Metroid, like I think she would be a killer teammate for Laura Croft. I would like uh, Kemi White. That's pretty good, too. Sonya Blade. (laughs) Sonya Blade. Nice. Um, So... How many Avengers are we going? We can like well, how many? We can do as many as we feel like. I'm just trying to think of like the best answers. Like, oh, actually, I think Bayonetta would be a good pick for that team too. Bayonetta, yeah. all right. I, yep. I don't remember her name, but maybe the chick from uh, Mirror's Edge. I don't know that one. Nice. She's like a parkour chick, so she might help with things like that. Yep. 
Joanna Dark. Joanna Dark. Ooh, Shit, okay. Joanna Dark. That's a good pick. Shit. Like, there are some good answers for this question. Like, you could put together a hell of a dream team for video game characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, you know what? I just Jade, This just came to me, okay? So, the girl who plays Wednesday yeah. could absolutely pull off uh, American McGee's Alice if they ever did a... Yeah. Like a live oh, action version of that. That could be cool. I could see that for sure. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of just like one more. Like who's the Hulk of the, the situation? Like my brain keeps saying Yuna, but like I don't feel like that would fit because she's like magic and that's not the type of world that we're talking about. So, um, Dude, let's get Celis back in the gang. Celis yeah. from Final Fantasy VI. Okay, yeah, we can do Oh no! You know what? Actually, no. If we wanted just to get someone who can double axe handle people, there Ayla you go. Chrono that Trigger. is the Hulk yeah. of this team. <laughs> Give her the shield and the sword. She'll be that guy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. All right. So this next one is another one from Adam that I don't really have a good answer for. Well, it is the best Tomb Raider game and Tomb Raider movie. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I don't have a lot of experience with the Tomb Raider series as video games. I hate to say it, this is the best Tomb Raider game I've played through. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think I ever watched any of the movies, TBH. All right, well, then I will answer this one. Um, my favorite Tomb Raider game of all time is probably Tomb Raider 2, with Tomb Raider 3 being a close second, and then followed by Tomb Raider 1, then Last Revelation, then Chronicles. Um, best Tomb Raider movie? I don't remember if I saw... I didn't see the reboot. Um, and I don't remember if I saw the second one with Angelina Jolie. But the first one with Angel, Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft, fire. I love that movie. Nice. Cool, cool. All right, nice. All right. So I'm not super familiar with the context of this question either. But this one comes in for Master Loot. So what are your thoughts on Hall Effect joysticks, a.k.a. no-drift joysticks? Is it the future or will big tech bury it before it properly starts? For context, and this is the part really interested me, there's only three products that have them as far as he knows. The Dreamcast controller, um, hmm. the Gillikit King Kong Pro 2, which I'm not familiar with at all, and then the Steam Deck joystick module. So if the, the idea of this is it's a joystick that doesn't end up with the bad drift like, say, Joy-Cons on the Switch, I would hope it's the future. Um, I can yeah, see where right. you would think they'd want to bury it because then replacements become less necessary in the long run. But mm-hmm. if they're already implementing this on something as, and I guess this is sort of mainstream, but kind of maybe it's just because of the world I live in. Like if it's on something as mainstream as the Steam Deck, I feel like other things are going to have to try to keep up. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I hope that they don't bury it out of greed of you know wanting that replacement type money, but... I think it's a cool technology. If they could implement it more and more things, I believe, I mean, it would only make consumers happy. And really, that's the bottom line. No, it's not. The bottom line is money, son. (laughs) 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 All right. Okay, so next we have a fire of questions from Team Retro to round us out. So the first one from Team Retro, Tomb Raider or Uncharted? Joke's on you, have very little experience with either of these series, but Laura Croft is cooler than Nathan Drake. So Tomb Raider. I mean... Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got nothing on this one. Like, this is my first <coughs> game in either series, so, you know, there we go. This one didn't really wow me, but I expect to like older uh, Tomb Raider games, so we'll see what we get. And if you listen to me at all on this episode, <laughs> you know my answer is Tomb Raider. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Alright, this one's also Team Retro. With Stadia officially resting in pasta, what is your thought on cloud gaming in general, and does it have a future in this world? I'm sure it does have a future in this world when somebody can do it better. I think cloud gaming, I think one of the main things that holds it back is now that we have these great services from like Xbox Live and PlayStation has their kind of version of that too. If Stadia had launched with something like that kind of service where you're paying a monthly subscription fee and you get an X amount of video games you can play on that subscription. I think it would have done better. Personally, I don't love the idea of streaming video games. Cause I think that's, I don't know, man, I'm just not into it, but I could see me being old school. I still collect NES games. So what do you fellers think? 
I mean, I think the interesting thing about, like, um, to me, like, playing these, uh, playing games on, like, a collection is, like, it's, like, almost like a recreation of the dumb terminal thing that was, like, the way you played games in the late night, late 70s, early 80s. Like, it almost seems like you're bringing back an old technology without, like, all the understanding of why it worked at the time. And, like, I think that, um, it's very, very, very situational. I think there's room for it, but I think it's very situational. Makes sense to me. I think, I think that there is a place for it eventually. Um, and it's definitely not going to be for people like us who want to, like, own it would be it physical or own the digital mm. rights to it or what you know whatever the fuck but uh my thing was stadia you could stream it at 1080p or you could stream it at 4k if you streamed it at 4k and you had a internet cap you could burn through your entire month's internet cap in like a day yeah so yeah. until internet providers start stepping their shit up and being better i think that cloud gaming is going to suffer for because it's going to be a niche thing for people who can afford the unlimited internet type situations, you know. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Plus, then you're relying on your your network being able to handle streaming it at the necessary speed, at the frame rate you want, yada yada yada. You know, that's all. Yeah. All right. This one is specifically for Dalton. Was there real money invested in Fantasy League? And what will Dalton do with all of them bucks? And I know Dalton's about to give you a very sad answer. <laughs> I wish there was, because I would be banking us some money right now. But no, it was just bragging rights. And uh, Steph's wanted to get together with some of the people that were like part of it and do a little like uh, talk about the games that did good and the games that did bad and all that stuff. So that might show up on the Steam Machine uh feed at some point be it on either on the normal feed or patreon i haven't decided nice. but yeah um i had fun like half the people quit <laughs> uh because of some shenanigans mm-hmm. that went on behind the scenes but like i had fun i won yay that's cool <laughs> a winner like, i won by a good amount too yeah thanks elden ring yeah thank you elden ring and thank you that other game i got that kid good i don't remember what it was though <laughs> all right and our final question, also from Team Retro. Did Tomb Raider give you the scares or the icks at any point? Both. There are some scares. Like, I would I would say that the, the initial phase, like, was fun. And there were some jump scares. There were some pretty good jump scares I enjoyed. But, like, nah, as as I got into the game, I didn't really... I, I <laughs> Fair enough. Know. Yeah. For you know me, yeah. Like, like I said, I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, like that first hour or so of the game I think is better as the best horror game we've played for the show. That's not a horror game period. Like it was way better than any other horror game that I can recall playing for the show. Like if it would have been that and just a horror game, I think it would have done pretty good. I think it pulled yeah. off kind of a lot of what, um, Oh crap. What was the game we played this year? Dalton for Halloween. The, Outlast no, 2. Last year. Oh, oh, Outlast I think 2 it did a lot of what Outlast 2 was trying to do better than Outlast 2 did it. Yeah. I'll give you that. I agree. Um, so the scariest moment for me was not actually one of the moments where like you were running into anything gruesome or anything like that. Dude, it was climbing that tower. Mm-hmm. Like just the anxiety mm, that yeah. that gave me climbing up that high-ass tower. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so high that up. That high-ass rickety tower. That's- yeah, rickety fucking... They did a great job with that. I felt like the the, the tension was yeah, really yeah. well done there. And that's what we're but, saying. Uh, though, like, the game had its moments that were good. It just also didn't. Yeah. <laughs> as far as Ix, the uh, just some like, of her death scenes. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Those were the bad Ix. <laughs> all right, bad and that that wraps up the questions for this week, fellas. Dalton, you got anything else for us? Or all right. Oh. I know. Not particularly. I know uh, our next game that we're going to be getting into uh, was a Patreon uh, type thing where one Dane donated $20 to the Patreon to move up a game on the list that he would like to play. It actually gave us a choice. And then I was like, 
Well, let's lean forward this. And I love, I love that this is going, this game is going to be the first game in this series that we play for the show. Of all of the games in this series that we could have played first, it's going to be this one. And we're going to be playing Metal Gear Solid, or no, I'm sorry, Metal Gear Rising. No, Metal no, Gear not Rising. Solid. Metal Gear Rising Revenge. I've seen like clips of this game, and this is one that I've actually wanted to play for a long time because. It just has so much yeah, ridiculous same. shit in it that, like, I am beyond hyped to play this video game. Yeah, it's gonna be fun as fuck. This is a nutcase game that just, this is a wild game. This is Kojima at his 1,000% Kojima-ist. <laughs> and, and this is absolutely nothing like any of the other Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is gonna be, it's gonna be fun, though, because I love riding. People were you know, hit and miss with Raiden. I like, I love him as a character, so I look forward to it. Um, let's see if I can do the rest of this shit by memory. Oh, if you would like to join us on the Discord, which is really the most important thing, is bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Uh, if you would like to join the Patreon and support the show. Oh, Nate, you the man. It is patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. If you want to check out the website, which... Uh, let it be known is far behind. That's my bad. Life's been busy, but that is bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast. Uh, you leave us an iTunes and a Spotify review. If you would, that would be sweet. Uh, you want a shirt? TSMP productions.threadless.com. You like the show music. You want to check out some more of my music. Now the nightmare.bandcamp.com shout out to Yabs pod. Yeah. the BS podcast that I do weekly with my buddy, Jeremy and shout out to the JRPG report. Your family friendly, weekly and sometimes bi-weekly JRBG news show um, shout out to the patrons who donate is it $10 or more yes yes $10 or more to get their name shouted out on each and every episode along with all of the other perks that that comes with Nate Sir Cogsworth the 7th of Juniper Jeff the original expendable Mr. Syllables old Jeffy Lube himself Aries Sir Adam shout out to his podcast Revival and Extinction who is under the Steam Machine umbrella James the Steam Machine Hall Monitor Hall and Team Retro check him out on YouTube he is also under the Steam Machine umbrella boys is there anything that you would like to plug before we get out of here um Patreon shout out do we have one more? Do we? Do we have one more? Dane? Oh, <laughs> did, did I not say Dane? Is he not on the no. list? No, <laughs> you haven't added him to the list yet. <laughs> oh my God, Dane! Yes, Dane. Sh- shout out to Dane. Dane is the man, and he is going to join us on the next episode. Which, by the way, I've already run some recording stuff by him, and we should be good as gravy as normal. Hell yeah! So, all right, boys. Nice. Well, welcome to twenty twenty three. It can only go up from here. (laughs) (laughs) And on that, well, I say that, and then we're going to get another, like, watch Revengeance just be terrible. I can't, I don't believe that for a minute. (laughs) That game's going to be rad. For the Destructo Bros, I'm Dalton, and as always, guys, take it easy.